The way we consume and share news today is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it is crucial that we look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We are now joined by Yerika Park over Zoom. Good morning, Yerika. Good morning, Juwan. Yerika, you plan on getting a booster shot? You know what? I was just uh, listening to you and Adam talk about it. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I've gotten three shots so far. Um, I did get COVID a couple of months ago. Um, How bad was but, it? Um, yeah, I, I had a pretty bad fever for a, a couple of days. And then there was this persistent cough mm. uh, that wouldn't go away for close to a month, you know. So I would say it was pretty bad. How about any reactions to the shots themselves? Um, after the first shot, second shot, I think it was, I, I got pretty sick. I mm. mean, not it wasn't too bad. There was a bit of a reaction, but uh, not too bad compared to some of the other people who told me that really bad reactions. Yeah, the second shot really knocked me out as well. Ah, okay. But I Are you planning to get a third uh, a booster shot? I don't think so. <coughs> okay. I, I think I'm going to just go through with it. Just right. go without it. Maybe the flu shot, though. I might get the flu shot. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have kids and, you know, if, if one of the parents go down... Yeah. It's not so easy to deal with mm -hmm. the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Well, let's jump into the topic. Uh, very good news for art fans as mm -hmm. a very famous European collection is now on display at the National Museum of Korea. That's right. So there is an exhibition currently underway at the National Museum of Korea, which is located in Yongsan uh, in Seoul. And uh, it's highlighting the art of the Habsburg Empire. Uh, the exhibit is titled Six Centuries of Beauty in the Habsburg Empire, and it presents 96 works collected by the House of Habsburg from the 15th century to the early 20th century, and they include some Baroque and Renaissance masterpieces. Right, I'm no expert of European uh, dynasties, but the Habsburg Dynasty is one of the most prominent ones, uh, as I read. And um, their art collection is also reflective of the pomp and prestige of this uh, dynasty and family. That's right. Um, a lot of splendor as well. So for more than 600 years, from 1273, the Habsburg dynasty was at the heart of the European of European history. Uh, it ruled over vast portions across Europe. Uh, the Habsburgs were avid patrons and collectors of art and collected works by some really prominent artists. You might recognize their names, Peter Paul Rubens, Diego Velasquez, and Anthony Van Dyke. Okay, and what's the special occasion that brings such a prestigious collection to Korea? Yeah, so the exhibition is part of celebrations to mark 130 years of diplomatic relations between Korea and Austria. And organizers uh, explained that most of uh, the pieces in the collection uh, have never been seen in Korea before. And uh, among the many special items to see at the exhibition, one item that really stands out is a Korean 
prince's coat, the royal coat, presented as a gift from uh, King Kujong to Emperor Franz Joseph I in 1892. And at the time, the gift was presented to mark the establishment of bilateral relations between Korea and Austria. And the coat is being shown in Korea for the first time in 130 years. Now, to give you a brief rundown of this exhibition, it's divided into five different sections, and uh, it examines the roles of principal collectors who were emperors and archdukes uh, with collections that range from portraits. There are also landscape paintings, tapestries, armors, ornaments, bowls, and baskets. And uh, yeah, it should be really interesting to see. Okay, so the final details that we need from you mm -hmm. is how long is the exhibition going on till and how much is it going to cost? Yeah, so for those of you who are interested, the exhibition will run for a while until March 1st of next year. Uh, the tickets will cost 17,501 for uh, visitors aged 25 to 64, 15,001 for those aged 13 to 24, um, and uh, 6,001 for children aged 4 to 6, and uh, tickets for seniors 65 and older are 8,001. Okay, so if you are an art fan, make sure to yeah. go check out the collection at the National Museum of Korea. Mm -hmm. All right, jumping over to the next story, uh, we knew that this was going to, as the technology got better and better, that this was going to cause some problems. And we're talking about deep fakes. Yeah. It's gotten so good that you can't, you could almost not tell the difference or tell them apart. And yeah. deep fakes of celebrities have begun in ads that have not been approved by those celebrities. And uh, it's a problem that we're con going to continue to have. But who's, yeah. the who's the latest that's been involved in this? Uh, some big names here. Elon Musk, Tom Cruise, and Leo DiCaprio mm. are among some other high-profile names uh, that have been appearing in these uh, commercials uh, that, uh, that fit, well, did not get permission from these uh, people. And uh, this is presenting the marketing industry with uh, some new legal and ethical questions. Now, none of these celebrities spent a moment uh, filming these ad campaigns, um, in the case of Musk, Cruz, and DiCaprio, they never agreed to support the companies in question. Now, all of the videos in the digital simulation were created using deepfake technology, um, which uh, is a combination of words, deep learning and fake. Uh, and it uses computer-generated uh, presentations to tell these Hollywood celebrities and uh, business uh, moguls like Elon Musk to say and do things that they never actually said or did. Yeah, and it's dangerous technology because uh, when you put this, implement it on politicians yep. uh, and make them say things that they never said or intend yes. to say, mm -hmm. it could cause diplomatic rows. It could possibly even lead to war and yep. uh, some dire consequences. So like you just briefly mentioned, uh, lawyers and government officials, international organizations will have to come up with a new framework from a legal perspective to try to reel this in a little bit. 
That's right. You know, there's still a lot of a lot of legal gray area surrounding deepfake technology. Um, you know, uh, celebrities may struggle in the future uh, in more frequency to prevent the spread of unauthorized digital reproductions of themselves and manipulation of their brands and reputations. Um, just a few days ago, uh, there was big news uh, uh, surrounding this one uh, activist uh, who says she was shocked to discover when she woke up in the morning, she was on social media and uh, her face uh, was in porn. Mm. And um, she was shocked and uh, this news actually made big headlines. And uh, it's, so things like this could happen more and more with, in, with more and more frequency in the future. Now, authorized deepfakes on the other hand, uh, could be a good thing for companies because they could allow marketers to lower their costs and uh, open up new creative possibilities without requiring big names to actually appear on set or in front of cameras in commercials. Right. You mentioned the um, the deep fake porn issue. Yep. Uh, legislators are starting to put into law to enforce and protect people from such acts. Yeah. But there are there current anywhere in it right now uh, that actually protect or in uh, I guess inhibit people from making these defake advertisements? No, there are no uh, laws in place currently when it comes to uh, defake technology use in advertisements. However, uh, lawyers have begun taking action because they've clearly recognized the problem uh, and the problems, uh, you know, deep fake uh, technology might cause in the future. Back in 2019, uh, the state of Virginia, for example, outlawed the use of deep fakes in so the so-called revenge porn. Texas outlawed them in political campaigns and in California banned them in both porn and in political campaigns. And last year, the U.S. National Defense Authorization Act directed the Department of Homeland Security to produce an annual report on some of the threats posed by the deepfake technology. Okay. Uh, more and more, uh, the internet is becoming uh, a place where we really have to filter and yeah. um, just really be careful on the things that mm -hmm. we consume because you don't know what's fact, what's not, what's real, what's fake. So everybody be cautious about that. And this is not going to be the last time we hear about uh, problems arising from deep fake no, technology. It's, exactly. It's really scary. I mean, this could take like, you know, fake news to a whole other level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the scariest part. Yes. And if you, if you imagine the consequences of that, mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's very scary. All right. Let's jump over to the third story of the day. Uh, one of my favorite animals, emperor penguins, uh, are unfortunately going to receive a new tag of yeah. uh, being endangered species. Um, you know, uh, species go extinct every day. It's a sad reality. Uh, it's reflective of the kind of world we're living in right now. Uh, shame on humans. 
And uh, the Emperor Penguin is the latest uh, to be designated a granted endangered species uh, in the list of uh, endangered species. And it's going to, to receive uh, related protections uh, in the coming days. And um, one of the problems is that uh, the, the ice, the sea ice is diminishing in Antarctica. You've been to Antarctica, right? Have you I, seen I the have. creatures up close and personal? So the emperor penguins are on the continent of Antarctica. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the major colony is near the Australian base in Antarctica. So yeah. you have to go deep into the continent. Uh, where I was in Antarctica was uh, on the Antarctic Peninsula. Mm -hmm. So the biggest penguin colony that I had to film were king penguins, right. which, uh, which look very similar to emperor uh -huh. penguins, but they're a little bit smaller. Uh-huh. Right. You know, I fell in love with these penguins because uh, there was a movie, when was it, about a decade ago or even before that, uh, that, you know, it was about emperor penguins and it really showed in detail how they mate and how they raise their babies and the long distances uh, the mothers traveled to to bring back food for their babies, you know, it was so beautiful. What was it? I think, was it the March, the of, March of the Emperors? The, yes, or, that's right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a French production. It's uh, definitely <laughs> worth watching. Another yeah. great production uh, is done by David Attenborough yes. and the team at BBC. And then uh, the Korean team, which I was part of, yep. Nam mm -hmm. Gugge or Tears of Antarctica, is also That's a good document. yeah, yeah. documentary to take a look at. Okay, so <laughs> give us what the numbers are and uh, how the numbers are falling. Um, there are currently as many as uh, 650,000 emperor penguins, um, but that number could shrink by up to 47% by 2050, uh, and this is according to estimates cited by wildlife officials. Uh, a study last year predicted that under current trends, nearly all emperor penguin colonies would become quasi-extinct by the end of this century. Mm. And uh, you talked about the uh, shrinking sea ice yeah. or the disappearing mm -hmm. sea ice being one of the factors. What are some other variables, some other variables that's causing the drop in the population? Uh, you know, melting ice is one. Ocean acidification is one. Uh, industrial fishing is another problem. Their key food source is actually krill, those tiny shrimp. Uh, their number is also declining because of uh, these factors. Right. Um, I have a funny story. When I was in Antarctica filming, mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of the uh, major food source for the animals, wildlife down there is krill. Yep. So when you go into these colonies with hundreds of thousands of penguins, of course, there's uh, feces. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the feces smelled like um, the Trump. popular Korean snacks, heukang. <laughs> because heukang, one of the main ingredients for making heukang is krill. Yeah. So uh, that was I was like, why does it smell like heukang? And uh, it's it smells basic, like home. It smells like shrimp because they eat a lot of krill. And so, yeah. anyways. Now uh, for our listeners who are wondering, so why is disappearing sea ice posing such a threat to the, uh, the emperor penguin uh, colony? Yeah. It's because the penguins lose the space that they need to breed and to raise their chicks and to avoid predators. Right, right. Uh, multiple different colonies around. Some are actually on land. Some are actually on the sea ice or big pieces of glaciers right. that are disappearing, unfortunately. Okay, well, whatever we can do, not only penguins, for, but all the other species that we are kind of making them go extinct. Yeah.
All right. Sadly. Yerika, thank you so much. Pleasure. See you tomorrow. Bye bye. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.